Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. I'm Troy, joined as always by Jay and we are here today to give you the rundown, the lowdown, the big R review of the sweaty summer slam fest and NXT TakeOver 36. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Good man. Um, it's been a weekend, isn't it? Christ. It's been a fucking hard weekend. That's a long weekend. Long weekend. Um, <laughs> just pull the curtain back. We were meant to do this last night, and I have had like about eight hours sleep over the last three days. So I just like kind of went, yeah, I need that. So <laughs> yeah, man. The um, the excitement of Rampage Friday, SummerSlam Saturday, Takeover <laughs> Sunday. It has been a weekend, um, lots of ups and downs and highs and lows um, in the wrestling world. Um, but yeah, um, let's get into it. Um, just before we do though, let us know what you thought of SummerSlam TakeOver, whatever else um, on our social media, Twitter and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. So yeah, SummerSlam. Uh, there was one match on the pre-show. Uh, that was Big E against Baron Corbin. Um, we know from SmackDown the week before or the day before. Was it last week or was it literally two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Bob stole the case. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so he nabbed that. And um, this is basically he just trying to get his suitcase back. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame that Biggie's on, on the pre-show, especially I when there was... Detritus like Drew versus Jinder on I was gonna say that I felt like this could have been on the main card mm. and other matches could have been on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. Um me. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um it was alright. <laughs> uh, he dominated early on. Uh Corbin, Corbin sent him into the ring post, gained a bit of an advantage, uh, a bit more back and forth, he gains control again. Uh locks in a stretch muffler submission, which is pretty cool. Don't really see him do that if ever. I think the last person I saw do it was Timothy Thatcher in a fight so, against Champa. Biggie tried to get it over, like as a finisher last summer when he was in that feud with Sheamus. Oh, he did, didn't he? And then for yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and he just had him drop it. And it's like, well, he actually does that really well. Does it really well? It, for cool a guy of his move. size, it looks awesome. Yeah, it's a cool looking move if it's pulled off right. And Biggie, the way he does it, pulls it off awesomely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And Why every not? every wrestler, well, I I think this every wrestler needs two finishers, like an impactful finisher and a submission finisher. Yeah, well, it's it's like you look at um, you look at guys like uh, I'm trying to think of one now. I can't think of top me fucking head. But um, <laughs> well, Adam Cole, he's yeah. a good example. So he's got two variations of the last shot. He's got the one that he used in Ring of Honor, which was like a Yushi Garoshi, and then he's yeah. got the one that he uses in NXT, which is like a shining wizard to the back of the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, Daniel Bryan's another one. He's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. He had the yes lock and he had the running knee. 
Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, he yeah. couldn't put you down with one, he'd put you down with the other. Exactly. He'd drop you over the knee and then lock you into the yes lock. Because they couldn't have seen a tap out to the um, yes lock when he was at the height of his powers. <laughs> so they needed Daniel Bryan to start doing another move. See, Polkadori <laughs> stole the GTS of, off Kenta, so why not have Bryan steal a Busai knee? All comes full circle, lads. <laughs> Oh, mate. <laughs> but yeah, Biggie needs to do the, the stretch muffler more. Um, or not more, but just have it as a submission. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Corbin manages to get out of that. Um, hits a deep six, gets a two count. Uh, Corbin then tries to do one with the briefcase again. Biggie's having none of it and drops him on the outside. Um, and eventually just hits a big ending for the win. Big, um, um, big respect to Corbin for making sure that briefcase didn't go and fly it into the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That with his fucking life. <laughs> I'm really enjoying what Corbin's doing. Have you seen his Twitter this week? Yeah, didn't he he won like a hundred dollars in like the casino in Vegas, and then he turned it into oh, like thirteen hundred. Yeah, so he won. He took thirty five dollars that he found into, uh, or that he said he got paid after being fined uh, <laughs> for like violating the dress code. That was all he had left from his SummerSlam wage. So he took that into a casino, turned it into a hundred a hundred dollars. With that hundred dollars, uh, or some of the hundred dollars, bought himself a new shirt, and then went on to win more money. And now he's like just been living at large in Vegas. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. He went, he went to like a big a steakhouse with like a load of women, just eating <laughs> loads of steak. He got the presidential suite in a hotel. You, you can just tell. Apparently, this is going to be like an, a running thing through the week as well that awesome. he's kind of pitched. So you can just tell he's going to get to SmackDown and something's going to go tits up. Yeah, he's going to rock up uh, in like a suit and everything and then something's going to happen. He's going to have like fresh haircut and everything like that and then it's uh, all going to I go hope to he doesn't shit. cut the hair. I hope he just keep, he, I I hope he keeps the hair just like... <laughs> so it's good. It's, it's yeah. very good. And it's he's all even, filmed on his phone as well. It's just like this like fly on the wall, like yeah. madman running around like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, be the best part as well is that like he's literally living the gimmick on like up, up, down, down, and everything. Is he? Yeah, like he on it. They did a thing this weekend, and he was like, so he was like, oh yeah, um, it's been a hard time, you know. I've, I've not eaten for four days because I needed to pay my internet bill so I could be part of this. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. That's commitment. <laughs> and it's Jana Baszler was just like, oh yeah, well, I, you know, I, I've sent you a bit of, I've sent you some some stuff and he went, oh yeah, you sent me this case of water. I've not had bottled water for such a long time. I've been drinking out of <laughs> my garden. <laughs> <laughs> so really, really leaning into it. Oh mate, this is quality stuff. This is really, yeah. really good. And that's why this shit should be on the fucking, the main show, not the pre-show. Because they're, yeah, they're living like, this yeah, in and out of the ring. One of the funniest things about WWE at the moment. Yeah. Fair play you know, to him. One of the things keeping me like, keep me a little bit in on yeah, SmackDown. Yeah. They're sponsored by DraftKings, aren't they? He's going to become DraftKings Corbin again. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the fucking Burger King. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, we don't see Logan crowd in the, Logan Paul in the crowd for some reason. And, the crowd shit on him because he's a blurt. Um, you all hate him. Yes. Uh, after this, uh, oh, that was it. Basically, it was a, that's then into the main show and the opening match of the main show uh, is RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omas for the Raw Tag Team Titles. Um, this was pretty fun, actually. Quite entertaining. Uh, Riddle and Styles kick off. Uh, Riddle causes AJ some trouble early on, uh, and then Styles works him over for a bit, and eventually Orton makes the hot tag in. Um, 
goes on a roll with a few clotheslines, attempts the RKO on Styles, but Amas manages to pull him out. Um, a little bit more back and forth, which eventually leads into the finish with Orton hitting the RKO for the win. Uh, and yeah. RK Bro, our new Raw Tag Team type uh, champions. Um, as I say, really fun, entertaining, good one to like kick off the show. Um, and it was only a matter of time, I guess, before they won it. I I can't wait for Randy Orton to go full champer on Gargano in this feud already. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's what we're building to, and is it isn't yeah. it? Yet? Like, it it's it's building to Orton and Riddle down the line, probably. Uh, to be fair, they'll probably try and hold it off till Mania. I can see them doing. It'd be like, nice if they did, like a real slow burner, like because it, it it only continues to elevate Riddle as well. Like him in this partnership elevates Riddle. I think people yeah. are taking him a bit more seriously. Yes, it's still comedic, but it's compelling as well. Um, and I think when Orton does turn on Riddle and that fuels well, their one-on-one storyline, that's pushing Riddle to the top. There's there's also the other theory that I've seen floated around by a few uh, YouTube channels that what if Riddle turns on Orton? Ooh. And Orton's like sort of, it's like a role reversal. So Orton's kind of embracing a bit more of the fun-loving aspect of Riddle and he's being a bit more, yeah, he's yeah, warming yeah. to him a bit. And Riddle becomes like the stoic, cold-blooded, like, because he's an MMA fight, fighter as well. He could present yeah. himself like a legit yeah. killer, wouldn't he? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> It'd be different as well. It's WWE Riddle. Yeah. No, it won't happen. They'll have it, him going back gonna, to doing stoner jokes. and Yeah. yeah. It's going to be Randy Orton, like, beating him up with a scooter or something. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that would be shit. Um, speaking of shit, the next match is Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. Um, this was crap. Uh, so um, Eva slaps Lily, Bliss gets pissed off, hits a spike DDT, DDT for the win, then Dewdrop just announces Eva Marie is the loser of the match. Absolute nonsense. I hope this is done with. I hate it. I, hate, I really, really, um, really, really hate lo- it. Looking, looking at uh, Raw... Um, what happened on Raw that night? It looks like they're kind of just doing you drop versus even up. Okay, well, I mean, that's slightly better. I mean, it gets Piper Niven doing more on TV. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a vehicle to get Piper Niven over the whole thing anyway, isn't it? Of so, course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose that's, that's the nice part because she's immensely talented. She's fucking awesome. She's so yeah. good. Um, for anyone listening that isn't aware of her body of work prior to being uh, rebranded as Dewdrop, um, check out her stuff in NXT UK, but also in like ICW. Yeah, they've uh, the network. They've started putting like a lot of IC like previous ICW stuff off. On I'm pretty sure they've got a collection of mm. um, some of their best matches in ICW. Yeah. Was she called uh, Viper Niven? She was called Viper. That was it. Uh, she was also she was also in um, Stardom as well as yeah. Viper, yeah. Um, and she'd been all over the UK in these. Yeah. Uh, very very talented, very 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 good. Yeah, and also I met her. She's really nice. Yeah, just like genuinely one of the nicest people in wrestling. I've met. Wholesome, wholesome woman. Lovely girl. Yeah. Just um, want to see that story. Yeah. Uh, next up, um, stiff as fuck this was, uh, Sheamus versus Damian Priest, and you'd expect nothing less from a Sheamus match. Um, this, of course, was for the, the National Championship, which apparently is what it's called. <laughs> Do you remember that? The, the woman that interviewed Priest later on? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, Mario Lopez as well, later in the show, called it the fuck, called WWE WWF. Oh, dear. 
you know. Oh, dear, like, oh dear. This is this is what happens when you get fucking celebrities in to just do fucking things like more than just being there and waving. Christ. This is what happens when you rely on fucking people who don't know wrestling to do stuff. Just mm. like Jeremy Piven calling SummerSlam the Summerfest, lest we forget. Um, <laughs> you know. That is what it's called. What do you mean? No? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, I mean, I do call it the Summerfest now. You do, yeah. Because of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just like, I'm, I'm not against the use of celebrities in wrestling because obviously I see the fucking point of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not naive enough to go. Well, it's just fucking stupid. Why are they there? They're there mm. because they've got a mainstream appeal, and it's like, oh, I really like that guy in that film. He's in WWE. I'll go see what he does. Yeah, like, but at least it, like have a bit of prior knowledge of the product, or to not embarrass or, yourself. Yeah, or get get fucking people who are actual wrestling fans. Yeah, like you look at all fucking like basketball players come. Coming out with fucking belts and like Undertaker shirts and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they got what's his name, uh, Ennis Kanter. They got to do that twenty four seven title spot because mm-hmm. he's a genuine. Because he's an actual fan. wrestle fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Gronk, as much as everyone hates them, he's an actual he's, wrestling fan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like you just you've just got to look at like every time they bring fucking Tyson or Shaq back to wherever wherever it is, whether it's WWE or now. They're, they're showing up in AEW every now and again. Mm, mm. WWE tried to get Tyson for this, didn't they? So they tried to get Shaq as well, apparently. I don't know about that. Billy Batty reported that one. He's full of shit. Oh, uh, Billy Batty Ross. Yeah, probably not then. Uh, he's fucking. <laughs> he is Batty. Fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> anyway. He, yeah. <laughs> Seamus, Damian Priest. Um, yeah, it's a decent match. Really enjoyed this. Um, Priest had a massive dive over the top rope. Remember, it had a really nasty looking landing. Started favouring, I think, like his his hip or something like that. Um, Sheamus had sent him into the ring post uh, and had stayed on top of him for a while. Priest had a really good spinning heel kick off the top rope, which normally he does those and they look a bit naff. This is pretty that good. That was the best one he's done yeah. since he's been in WWE. Yeah. For sure. Um, like, he, he's, he's never, he's never like, it's never ever looked amazing. No. But I think when he's like, when he's hit it in the past, like in NXT, it's been on like smaller guys as well, hasn't it? Whereas mm. a guy. Seamus is not a small man. Yeah, a, ga- a guy of Seamus's size where he's got a bigger target to hit. Mm. I think it, it just looked very good. Yeah. Uh, Seamus then drops him with an Alabama slam uh, and then hits Priest with a massive air, uh, air, massive knee mid-air. Um, I think Priest went to hit whatever it is he does off like the middle rope. Doesn't he do like a, it's like a spinning back out or something mm. or other. He does something where he, he, he springboards back off it um, and Priest, uh, Seamus hits him basically with a, a knee. Um, I say not a callback, but they had a, a similar spot uh, at Mania between Seamus and Riddle, where he went for like the floating bro or whatever it is, or the the somersault of the middle rope, and he just absolutely collapsed his face in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah. Uh, Priest then rips Seamus's mask off, um, which allowed him to break out of a heel hook that Seamus had uh, locked him into. And then eventually he managed to hit him with the reckoning for the win uh, and become new uh, United States champion. Um, as I say, really, really fun match, like really physical, which is uh, what you get with Sheamus all the time. Um, and yeah, for me, it's the best Priest has looked since he's he's been on main roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sheamus continuing to be like the unsung hero of WWE for me. Yeah. 
yeah, he's yeah. like he's easily like the most consistent guy they've got like mm-hmm. and super underrated like I, I think everyone just kind of looks at him as like obviously when he when he debuted and he was in a feud with like Cena and then Triple H it was big big meaty men slapping me but when he's like they pushed him hard though didn't they they had him yeah beat, oh yeah um, he, he won the he won the title like in his first like couple of months yeah 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 but, but um, the the thing with Sheamus is it's it's almost like and you you see similar things out of like Randy Orton as well and um, I'm trying to think there was someone else who I've, I thought recently about to a degree Drew I guess but mm-hmm. when you, oh Bobby Lashley uh, when you see them against like guys who have got a bit more of like a sort of like indie style to them yeah like a priest like AJ like Ricochet even yeah, Drew yeah, to yeah. a degree he's like switched his his style up to be that he can be like a main event level talent, but he's still got that sort of, I can, I can do all this stuff as well. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a bit more diversity, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 But Seamus gels with them so well, cause he works like the traditional WWE style, but then mm. he can also adapt to like going, okay, well you do this really cool thing. Yeah. I'm just going to punch you out the air and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes like this really cool dynamic. Mm. And I think he's like, for me, probably the best at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. For sure. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, nice to see, like, Priest in a bit more of a spotlight. And I think when we said when he came up, like, and I think we said the same thing in NXT as well when he was, like, North American champion. It's like, doesn't feel like he's got an awful lot of time left in his career sort of thing. I, I don't know how old he is. Like he's early 40s. Late 30s, he's early 40s. Yeah. I'll find um, out while you're. And whilst he's probably not going to be, I don't know, a world champion, like a solid, like mid card, upper mid card, or if you like, um, like that kind of role where Seamus is, where he's not been in a world title picture for a while, but a reliable kind of hand there. Um, I think it's really, really cool. Uh, my question is, who steps up to Priest? Like, who gets inserted into that feud there? Um, I, undoubtedly, we're going to get a rematch between those two, I'm sure. Um, but who steps up to Priest? But also, where does Sheamus go from here? I wouldn't be against him being in another world title picture. And I, him and him and Lashley, I think, would be really I, good. Sheamus and Lashley would tear the fucking house down. Yeah. Um, you really would. Uh, Priest 38, he's 39 next month. Okay. Um, also, again, to go back to what happened on Raw last night, because I did skim the results before. I've not watched it yet, talking. but it's okay. Um, yeah, don't watch it, mate. Shit. They're basically doing like a tease that we're getting Drew and Priest and Seamus and Lashley. Oh, okay. Or possibly Drew and Seamus going back around and Priest and Lashley. Huh. So they've, they've, they've kind of like... That those four are sort of like in a thing together. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't challenge for okay. the title, but you know, it's the WWE and they go back and shit like that all the time. True. Um, Do you know what <laughs> I would also wouldn't be against seeing? Sheamus and Drew as a tag team. I thought they should have done that. Um, when they were in that feud. Well, when, when they were doing the feud. that feud, that feud like had so much more legs than what they actually gave it. Yeah. Like they really could have done, they could have literally had like, what they're doing with RK Bro now with Seamus and Drew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it keeps Drew off the title picture. It gives Seamus something to do. And then when Seamus turns on Drew, we've got a bit more, like, legs. Because it's all well and good. them going, oh, yeah, they've been best friends for 20 years. Yeah, we know that. 
but exactly on screen give it some more like on the screen like considering wwe is so very like treating the fans like they don't know shit Mm. then they could have quite easily done a bit like put a bit more meat on the bone on screen with drew and james is what i'm saying um yeah but yeah i I think james and priest just give me that match all the time but i I did enjoy it i think they could probably i've got a lot of hope they'd be able to surpass this match yeah um, because if they give them like another like ten minutes, they just knock lumps out of each other for more. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah, man. Uh, next up, SmackDown Tag Team Championships: uh, The Usos against the Mysterios. Uh, this has been going on for quite a while now. Um, hopefully, this is the last of it. Uh, saying that, like the the match was still decent. I thought um, Mysterios took control early, uh, tried to keep the pace up. Uh, with their usual kind of like quick high flying offense and whatnot, um, the users get back into the match and slow things down, uh, and did the whole typical isolation of Dom keeping him away from Ray. Um, eventually, he makes the hot tag in and then gains the upper hand for a bit, uh, and then he gets dropped with a couple of super kicks. One of them uh, in midair, which is pretty cool, as he came from I think it was off maybe the top rope or something. Uh, Jay hit a splash, got a near fall. Uh, Dom was then suplexed, suplexed on the apron uh, by Jay, which took him out uh, and allowed both members of the Usos uh, to hit stereo super kicks on Ray and then a big splash for the win uh, for the Usos to retain. Uh, as I say, decent match considering it's something we've seen quite a lot recently. Um, crowd seemed really pumped for it, very entertaining. Um, I think the talking point at this and they keep teasing it week on week and we said it age ago. I think it might have been at Helena Cell. Because Helena Cell was on Father's Day, wasn't it, in the States? Yeah. Um, what happens with Ray and Dom here? Like there feels like there's going to be the eventual sort of split or turn or something like that. Um this loss will obviously fuel that going forward. Um yeah, we'll see. I, I imagine that probably Ray Ray said he wants his retirement match to be against Dominic, hasn't he? Oh, has he? Like he ages ago, like when it was like last year when Dominic got signed. Okay, I, I'm not sure how long Ray's got left on his contract because obviously he signed an extension last year. Mm. Um, I, I imagine they're probably going to want him to retire at Mania. They've got enough time to build to that. For got enough time to build a compelling feud. Yeah, SmackDown, um, obviously do. Very compelling storytelling with certain stuff. Get Heyman on the case. Yeah. And write the shit out of it. Just just get Heyman as a fucking lead writer of SmackDown. Yeah. Um, who challenges the Usos next then? It feels like hopefully we're done with that whole mysterious storyline. Maybe Street, Alpha, Pro- Street Profits? We, we Alpha didn't. Academy? Alpha Academy are heels, so that's the only issue there. And mm. also it seems like they're trying to book out Otis as like a fucking killer. So Otis is like the second coming of Vader at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. So don't put him in a fucking feud that he's absolutely going to lose. Um, I Street Profits, when we got that match, there was a lot of fuckery, wasn't there? And, mm. um, and we didn't really get a proper match because... No. Well, oh, sorry, proper feud, I should say, because at that point they were out of the tight title picture. Obviously, the whole story with them is that Sonia said, oh, you're on the back burner. Well, we're like... Got to build yourself up. We're built, yeah. Build yourself back up and we're building other teams up at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean the, the beauty with the beauty with like the Alpha Academy thing as well is they've got Gable there to eat a pin, haven't they? He's literally there just to eat the pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I I still think like looking at SmackDown Street Profits is the one that makes sense. Who else is there? Face teams like, at least, because I can only think of heel teams there: Alpha Academy, Rude and Ziggler, Usos, Mysterious are a face team, and mm-hmm. it feels like they're done with. Street Profits are the only other face team there. Is there another tag team on SmackDown? Um, not yet, but we have got a draft impending. Also, with the talk of like NXT being sort of revitalized or revamped or whatever the fuck you want to call it, hmm. um, we might see call-ups. Hmm. Like, we could. Uh, it also gut the tag division on NXT because it feels like even the tag division on NXT is thinning yeah, but- a little. The thing with the <clears throat> the thing with NXT being a developmental brand and they being just pair anyone together established as a developmental brand is yeah you like look mm. and it's worked in the past for them like teams like Bird and Organ where they were literally yeah. just thrown together because they had fuck all else to do yeah and then ended up being really good yeah yeah that's so, true that's true I I think but then even that being said is the many face teams in NXT Champer mm. and Thatcher. Hit row of tweeners. Yeah. Lagarde uh, was sort of tweeners. There's a there's an awful lot of heel teams in in NXT, isn't there? Yeah. Um uh, Are there any face teams? MSK. But even then. Even there. Uh, going like shades of grey, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, the, the the crowd boom a bit when they come out as well. Yeah, that's weird that. I, I never get that. Yeah, I, I can't think of many face teams, if any, apart from MSK. Oh, well. That's uh, Do angry dads. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Champ is like, Champ is like a dad and Thatcher's like his uh, mate and they're like bullying him as close as new boyfriend. <laughs> it's like is. the scene out of Bad Boys when the, the guy comes around to take his daughter out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Timmy just sat there on the porch, grinning at him with like three teeth in his mouth. Ah, <laughs> uh, next up, um, oh dear, 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 Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, but not Sasha Banks, Carmella, but not Carmella, but a returning Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> so it's announced that Sasha isn't cleared to wrestle. Carmella comes down instead. Um, not good. Crowd aren't happy. Bianca isn't happy. No one's happy. Carmella doesn't even look happy. Um, and then instead, Becky's music hits, and that was a big pop, and that was pretty cool to see. It was a big pop, but I've got a question. Do you think them bringing out Carmella first and even them building like the Sasha thing? kind of flattened it a bit because no because I well I, I see I thought it did a bit with Carmella because the fans were like oh for fuck's sake mm. so Becky it was more like a sigh of relief than like oh my god Becky's back oh I get what you mean I um, get what you mean whereas like obviously Dave Meltzer's like said WWE knew about Sasha's injury eight days before the show yeah so but they were still selling it like as in still still promoting the match still putting it on all the avatar like that's not yeah which me 
probably, I'd assume, would mean that we're getting Sasha and Bianca two down the line still. And they mm. want people to still think of that. But at the same time, if you if you like hype up, oh yeah, all right, Bianca's going to be facing a mystery opponent at um, SummerSlam. Like, they could have literally not brought Sasha back and done that. Mm. And then they're still expected it to be Sasha. So yeah. then when it is Becky, they get a massive pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I get what you I'll Oh, get thank you God. Yeah. As opposed to, do you know what I mean? That, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm getting at. Like, yeah. they, there was so many better ways they could have done, like, handled that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, the first the first one would have been, just don't bring Sasha back. Yeah. If she's if she's literally, like, not ring ready when they, they wanted to bring her back, mm. don't bring hold Hold fire. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Becky comes down and gets rid of Carmella, basically takes her out. Uh, so rather than it be a triple threat, it's a one-on-one. Um, and she comes in and she goes to shake hands with Bianca and instead like forearms her and hits her with what I've just put as a rock bottom. Michael Cole called it a manhandle slam. It was, it was a fucking rock bottom. It was a rock bottom. Uh, and, and she beats Bianca in, I think it was 26 seconds. Yeah. To become the new SmackDown Women's Champion, um, this is absolute shit. Yeah, this I'm not is happy like, with this. It, this is pretty much like where I was almost ready to like just just call it there on the wheel, being oh fuck this, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I I am just for the record, I am very very fucking close to that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, extremely close. Like one more thing, and I think for me, I'm I'm done for a while. Um, yeah, like that. I mean. It's come out recently. Oh yeah, this is all designed for like Becky heel turn. But ignoring that, you've still literally took Bianca, who arguably has been on the cusp of like being at this point for over a year. Yeah, yeah. like like really now, like mm. since she debuted on Main in the Rumble. Yeah, I'd say like everyone's been wanting her to do well. Mm-hmm. Like they organically, they've just yeah, yeah, and they were stop and start with her like after she won the rumble, which was mm. weird. Mm. Finally won it. They booked a piss poor, in my opinion, as a champion. Yeah, I think they've done an absolute shit job of booking her as a champion. In spite of that, she still managed to win the fans over. Mm-hmm. You've got someone who organically the fans want to see do well. Why on earth would you fucking feed them to somebody like? Regardless of who it is, yeah, Becky Lynch. One of the, the fans have been clamoring for Becky to come back. Yeah, and since like the the pictures come out of a train, and they've been desperate for her to come back. And I do think that the women's division had that void of Becky. I do, but yeah. at the same time, it's so damaging to have like your champion lose it like like that. Like that, it's against mm. and. Mm. They're saying, oh, yeah, it's the heel saying Becky caught her off guard because she did the whole shake hands and then punched her and then rock bottomed her. And apparently this is, as I say, this is going to be leading to Becky being in the top heel of the women's division. I guess in Bailey's absence. Yeah, at the same time, and Sasha's absence. Yeah. At the same time, though, like, you could have... It didn't have to be a squash. No. It, they could have literally done a competitive match and Becky turn at the last like moments of the match. Yeah, yeah. And then cheat to win. And then 
Bianca comes out of it unscathed. Mm. Well, not champion, but still, she comes out of it looking just as strong as she went in. Yeah, instead yeah. of instead of having like Becky, who didn't need that kind of rub. No, exactly. Like the fans were made up to see her. Obviously, it takes something like really, but again, it's it takes something really big to turn um, someone that over heel. Mm. But this wasn't something big. This was something stupid. Yeah. And it was just a bad decision and it's damaging to everyone involved, Becky included. Yeah. Because I know it's certainly for me, it took me out of the show for a while. I was just like shocked that they'd done it. I was pissed off they'd done it. Mm. And I think the crowd as well had a similar sort of reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Where they were like, why on earth have you just done that? It it reminded me of Seamus and Daniel Bryan from Mania a few years ago. Yeah. Similar thing. And then, well, obviously, we know, we know what happened off the back of that. But just to, yeah, it, it, it devalues everything, like you say. And whilst Becky's comeback was really good, it takes away from that also because of the fashion that she, she won. Um, gets rid of all of Belair's credibility and just, yeah, it's it's nonsense. It's It's really bad. Really, really disappointed with that. Yeah. Um, speaking of stuff I was disappointed by, uh, Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre. This this is the piss break match for me. Yeah. And and we had Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie on the card. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Drew won the Claymore. That was it, really. It, this was literally just a means to get Drew on the show. Yeah. That was, that was it. That was all it was. Like, yeah. again... They, they could have done more compelling stuff with Drew and Jinder. They could have... There's plenty there. Like, there's plenty of backstory there for them to do it. I don't know why they're not leaning into that. At the moment, it's a whole... Drew smashed that guy over the back with a chair and he broke Jinder's bike and Jinder stole his sword. Like, what the fuck is this? Mm. This is like Saturday morning TV nonsense. Yeah. And even though I say Jinder is like a Saturday morning TV cartoon villain, like quail and his moustache and all that bollocks at the same time it's like why also why put up this fucking high up in the car I know like this as as we said this could have been the pre-show match it didn't even need to be on the pre like it could have been but just it, it for me it didn't need to be on a pay-per-view at all it's pretty no. meaningless um, and for someone like Drew who carried the company through the last 16 months or whatever to see him just thrown on here in something that means absolutely nothing is disappointing. Um, and I think it would have made more sense to just have him not on there at all. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it, it, yeah. It, it, the whole thing's just weird that I don't really get why they've, I do get why they put her on the card because he's a big name. And it's like when Cena was winding down, full-time run and he'd have him just go and he's like nothing feuds and he just, mm. just to put him on the card just to get similar him on it's a similar sort of thing and I get it but at the same time it's like at least fucking give us a bit more than this yeah yeah this was just a squash match on a pay-per-view mm-hmm. crap anyway mm. moving on um, this was alright actually Nikki Ash versus Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. 
Um, again, a lot like the Mysterios and the Usos, this is something I feel like we've seen week in, week out for weeks and weeks building up to it in some iteration. Um, and this is the, the culmination of that, I guess. Um, everyone hit some fairly decent spots, some cool looking offense. Um, it felt like for me, it could have gone kind of anyone's way, really. It didn't feel like there was a, a clear defining kind of standout from the match. Um, even though we Mate, all kind of knew the eventual that. outcome. Charlotte literally came out dressed as the fucking Infinity Gauntlet. Wow, she didn't, she, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's That's no. That's true. She, she's got all the fucking Infinity Stones. There's no way she's not. Like, she's always <laughs> not. Come on, mate. Um, Charlotte had an incredible looking. Is it a tornado? Like, a, it was like a twisting, oh, like, kind of. Quite, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the top rope to the outside, that looked awesome. Uh, and off the back of that, Nikki's face planted hard on the barricade. That didn't look pleasant. Yeah. Um, a little later into the match, Flair tried to lock in the figure eight on Ripley. Nikki broke that up. She then went for a cross body and she missed that. Um, and then Charlotte immediately capitalized on that, put her in the figure eight, got the win to become new Raw Women's Champion and a, what, 14, 13, 14 oh, time champion? I don't know. Keep just changing it. Revisionist history. They're, they're just literally, like, this is what's annoying about it, is that, I think Charlotte's work that she's been doing recently and kind of like um, almost like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I know you guys hate me mm. sort of thing. She's been fucking awesome. She is. I, There's no denying like, she's superb. I, so like I've, I've always thought a ring ring works fantastic. I've never mm. really been that big on a character work. But this kind of like this iteration of Charlotte Flair that we've had since WrestleMania where she's like, I, I'm the opportunity. I'm the reason you're all watching. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm making stars by them just being in my presence, sort of thing. Mm. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. That being said, stop fucking flip flopping the title between people. I know. Yeah. Because if if Charlotte was having that reign now with the belt that she's had since she beat Rhea for it, like it, I think it would be a very special title reign. Mm. But instead, because they've had to win it and then 24 hours later, drop it to, to Nikki cashing in money in the bank. Then they've had like a back and f- a 50-50 book feud with Nikki and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It hurts Nikki a hell of a lot yeah. that in her first defense, she's lost the title. Yeah, It hurts Charlotte in the sense that she's she could be literally getting p- portrayed like Roman is on SmackDown. Mm. It might be. Mm. Was but, it you that was saying... Imagine her if she was able to write her own yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that's that's why like obviously Andrade has been saying he wants to see her in AW and I was like, Yeah, fuck mm. me, that'd be amazing. Because mm. if she wasn't told she had to lean so much into the fact that she's Ric Flair's daughter. Yeah. I think she'd have like a really compelling character. I do too. And th- this is sort of leaning away from it, but at the same time, every now and again she has to drop in, I'm a flair. And mm. She still comes out to fucking the remix of Flair's music. She still hits at the bigger eight. She still wears the robe. She still wears the robe. Obviously, she's changed does the robe. Does the strap, to, does the chops. Yeah. Obviously, she's changed the robe up, though, to, like, kind of be a bit more, like... Yeah. Uh, what's the thing? Uh, Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, if she was allowed to just be a fucking self... Yeah. 
and like she seems to she seems to have like that sort of the superiority complex that Flair had down. But that mm. should be the comparison we have, yeah. other than other Nothing than last else. night. Yeah, yeah. Like that that's that's where WWE are letting her down. I think in the sense that she could she's she's a great wrestler. She should be legendary. Mm, mm. And because they're like so kind of transfixed on, oh well, she is legendary. She is a flair. It can it really hurts her at times. Yeah, it does. Um, I've written a few points here where just Charlotte continuously beating everyone and winning championship after championship indirectly kills like the credibility of the whole division, and it feels yeah. like Charlotte Fletch, Charlotte Flair and everyone else rather than the champion and then credible people in the division. And when she loses the title, she gets it straight back like she did like recently, like losing it to the cash in and then getting it back within a matter of weeks. And so no one is ever more, no one is ever kind of on top or near in that division because we know it's only a matter of time before she gets it back and just devalues everyone else. Um, I think Nikki's characters. Sorry, go on. I was going to say just just that from that off that the back of that point you just made there, it it almost kind of like leans into something we both spoke about in the past, and that they don't need a belt around the women's type, the women's division. No, like they can quite easily do a feud with just two women who fucking hate each other, mm-hmm. and they don't need the belt, and the, like they don't need it to be part of the title picture. No. Like at this point, I think Charlotte Flair could transcend having a belt. Mm-hmm. It's one. It's one of those things. Either give her the belt and give her it for fucking ages. Yeah, or don't or have honor at all. Have her be more important than the belt. Yeah. Not and not not to say like because obviously I I have shit over the fact that like when he had someone beat Charlotte Flair to become number one contender instead of have her beat the champion. Yeah. Especially given like all these championship opportunity matches we always have now. Mm. But like literally, if they if they want to portray portray her as like the biggest star of the women's division, like when Cena was winding down, he didn't he wasn't always in the title picture. No, there was even times when Cena was at his peak when he wasn't in the title picture. Mm-hmm. They don't need the belt to define the person; you need the person to define the belt. So That's she it. doesn't she doesn't need the title. No, I agree with the way they're trying to portray her. As I mm. say, it's great. She should be legendary. Yeah. But WWE's booking of it hampers it so much and it's really annoying. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nikki, it, Nikki's character possibly is dead in the water here. I don't think she's going to get over enough to Nick, be champion. Again. Nikki's character was dead in the water from day one though. Like, because the thing is, the way they booked her as like a secondary part of the Charlotte Rhea feud where it was like Charlotte and Rhea were literally costing each other mm. matches against Nikki and then all of a sudden she becomes a superhero and the fans just shit on it yeah it's it like it literally it's just WWE throwing her into a position and it's like I'm not saying she doesn't deserve a title one because I think Nikki Cross is excellent she's so underutilized and it's great to see her in a prominent role but at the same time like the way WWE booked her even like as an afterthought in a hero own title feud yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the the problem here. Like, mm. yeah, she's literally been an afterthought to Charlotte and Rhea's feud, and it just so mm. happened that she's got the title in her hand, in her mm. gra- going into this. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ripley, it feels like now at this point she's been kind of devalued and decredited so much because she's lost so often to Charlotte that it feels like she'll never be kind of considered a credible challenger for her. I think just get Rhea off Raw at this point. Mm. That that's the only that's the only way to kind of save face with Rhea is get off Raw. Yeah. Move move whoever over to, to Raw um to kind of fill in that gap, whether it's well, looking looking at the SmackDown women's division, it'd only be Bianca, wouldn't it? But I, I think given what they've done with Bianca with Becky as well, it wouldn't necessarily hurt to get Bianca away from that either. Mm. Unless yeah. we get like some immense Bianca Becky feud, which will be amazing. But again, they've got to they've got to book it right because they've got got off to a fucking terrible start. Mm. Um, we'll see. There's a draft coming up soon, so hopefully. Mm shuffle things up a bit in the women's division. Um, just a final point on, on this match and, and flair as champion, uh, as we said, no one feels credible enough and strong enough to kind of challenge. There's no one fresh in that division that they've built up. Um, and it feels like it's possibly going to go into kind of a period of just being a bit stagnant unless they have that injection of, of more talent, whether it come over from SmackDown or NXT. Um, but it would be, yeah, it's 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 a reminder of just Raw's general bad representation at the moment. I'm gonna compare Charlotte to Roman again here, and do what they've done with Roman since he's been champion, and have it that that person's instantly elevated being in that being in their presence, like share mm. with them. Because like yeah, look, yeah, yeah. look at guys like Jay Uso. Um, yeah. When I as I use him as the example because when he got like announced as Roman's. Uh, opponent, I was genuinely like, Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. And now, now look at him, he's main event Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't feel out of place being around the main event pitcher, neither doesn't do. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens got elevated from it. I think when we finally get Finn and Roman, Finn's going to get yeah. massively elevated from it. Cesaro. Um, Cesaro got elevated from it. Obviously, he's injured at the moment by the looks of things, but he still got elevated. Yeah. Even like keeping Edge looking strong in the yeah. feet and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, yeah. yeah. Which uh, I bet, I'm sure they're probably regretting now, but he still, he came out looking amazing from it. Mm-hmm. It, it. That's what they need to do. They need to have it so whoever chal- like steps up to Charlotte knows how fucking hard it's going to be to beat her. Yeah. But if they can just hold their own against that and put it in peril for even if like, like 30 seconds of the match, mm-hmm. it's like you actually have to stop and think, they could do this here. That's all they need to do. And it's it's easier said by me than done. Mm. But the fact that if they just take a take a page out of that, like sort of not that not everything he's doing, but just the way they sort of present the challenges to Roman. Mm -hmm. That's that's all they need to do. Treat treat her like the final boss of the women's division. Yeah. Yeah. Treat her like the, the person to beat. And it, then when people get close to beating her, you're then like, okay, oh fuck this, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but until until WWE start treating the women's division on the same level as the men's, 
instead of like acting like, oh, look at us, we, we've got the women's revolution. It's like, yeah, we, we treat your women's division like garbage. Exactly, yeah. You, you treat two women out of that entire fucking division as megastars. And everyone else is an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, we'll see. Hopefully, as I say, with the draft coming up, chasing's up. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, moving on um, to Edge versus Seth Rollins. Uh, this was great. This Match was it. very enjoyable. Match, Match of the it. night? I think so. Yeah. Um, both men, awesome ring gear. Uh, Seth Rollins has got a kind of... It's like a, not a military jacket. It's like a... Um, like a Matador's jacket. Matador's jacket. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was saying he's dressed like Vega from Street Fighter. Did look a bit like it, didn't he? He had the, 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 the bandage over, like, the wrist yeah. thing over one arm and the, the tights. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, and then Edge uh, came out to the brood music. Really <sighs> fucking cool with the fire and the flames and rising up from there and the red lights. and oh. That was that was very, awesome. very cool. Very cool. His jacket as well is black and red and his, his ring pants drink, as well. It said they drink the blood, didn't it, on there? Yeah. And he, it even said the brood yeah. on the back of it and it had the brood logo. So good. You were disappointed uh, I didn't bring Gangi out, weren't you? I was fucking angry they didn't bring Gangi out. I, I get, obviously, Christy and they can't bring him out. <laughs> Contractual disputes and all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, could have brought Gangi out. Yeah. Could have brought Gangi out at Dan Housen dressed as Christian. <laughs> you know, just. But it was ve- it was very cool to see uh, Edge doing that. Obviously, yeah. he had sunglasses on as well, mm-hmm. and he was smiling like when he was that Edge. Yeah, that was cool. Um, really, really cool. And then he gets halfway down the ramp, and then they 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 hit um, the ultimate. He should have done the full brood entrance. Oh, as I think well. he should have done the full he brood should've... entrance. I thought it was very cool. It was an awesome entrance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can't do the full brood. Come on, come on, me. Play, play the game. Play the game. <laughs> uh, the match itself, as I say, pretty cool. Uh, well, very good, actually. Um, the whole thing, Seth trying to target Edge's neck um, was the running theme of the match. Obviously, there have been lots of talk of that in the weeks building up to this. Uh, Rollins hit a lot of his trademark offense, like the superplex into the Falcon's arrow. Uh, went for the curb stump on Edge. He managed to dodge that. Uh, Rollins tried a pedigree. Uh, Edge worked his way out of that. Hit a cheeky glam slam for the boys, which is nice to see. Yeah. Um, Edge then hits, spe- <clears throat> excuse me, hits a spear through the ropes. Um, should have been onto a flaming table, but can't have everything. Um, yeah. And then uh, smashed Rollins' face into like the LED boards on the ring apron. Um, back in the ring, Rollins manages to catch Edge with a, a mid-air pedigree off a spear attempt, which looked quite cool. Um, I feel like we've seen that before, and I can't remember who it was that did it a couple of years ago. Or was it uh, Seth that did it? Someone. It would have been Seth Triple H, isn't that fucking mobile, mate? Um, <laughs> it could have. This is where it was probably Triple H now, and I'm, <laughs> I've got egg on my face. Um, so, like Triple H and Roman, maybe? Oh, shit, actually, it could have been Triple H and Roman. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. Paul's Seth not that agile. Hey? Was it Seth and Roman? When Seth uh, won the title off him, and then Mox, uh, Ambrose cashed in. Oh, yeah, it could have been. Didn't he catch Roman? Like, in a yeah. pedigree from a in spear. A, from a spear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might have been it. It's pretty cool. Um, Rollins then goes for the Phoenix Splash and misses. Edge then hits a spear and gets a two. Rollins then misses the stomp again. Uh, Edge hits the... Is it the Educator or was it the Execution? The Educator's like the, the leg lock thing, do you mean? Yeah. Like the like where he, he goes down on the one knee, like, yeah. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, he, he hits that, uh, and then locks in the cross face uh, for the win uh, while smashing Rollins' face into the mat, which looked pretty brutal. It was a cool visual. Really, really cool. Um, as I say, it was, it was also um, with the with you saying about the glam slam. Um, it, it wasn't the only woman from NXT's uh, finisher you hit in that match. Go on. Uh, Miss Larray's wild ride, didn't he, off the top rope? Oh, shit, he did, didn't well, he? But Miss Larray's wild ride to the air, boys. <laughs> awesome. It was like Gargano, cowards. Um, <laughs> that was a great match, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, for me, match of the night. Really, really enjoyed it. Great, great storytelling from two of the, the very, very best. Um, as I my said, only, the... my only concern is that I thought Rollins should have won. Oh, no, no, I disagree. Because sets like at that point where it's like dangerously sort of close to dropping down and like that, I think. And that's fine. Could do a bit of work there. That's okay. Yeah, but he's they've been like teasing that he's going to be going after Roman at some point. Yeah, he, I he's doing the whole thing that Roman's dodging him. It's like, well, that's fine. But if he's not picking up the wins, why should we give a shit about getting near Roman in the first place? Hmm. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I I politely well, I can, disagree I can, because I can also like from the the other side of it. I can also see them doing a rematch of this. We're going to get a rematch, and I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, um, because it feels like it feels like going to get a rematch. It feels like Rollins is going to kind of go further down the spiral into kind of madness that he he can't he can't beat Edge or he you know he can't get over that. Um, and maybe he goes away for a bit and comes back or something. I don't know. But I think it was really, really important for Edge to get this win because he lost the triple threat at Mania. Last match he won before that, like, major, was the Rumble. Didn't he lose the, his last match to Orton? Oh, steady on now. No, he won his last match against Orton. Um, and then I feel like he hasn't won that many, though. He's He won against Orton on Raw. Oh, I meant paper. I meant pay per view matches. Oh, pay per view. Now he's barely. He's only won like the rumble. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. But he has. He has been picking up wins like elsewhere, mm. and it's like it's been small with victories. Either it's been like, like he, he beat uh, Orton on Raw to finish that feud. Okay. He uh, beat Jay Uso to kind mm. of like sort of further that feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have yeah. had a one on one match with Brian and beat him, but. Mm. Yeah. That, oh, oh. Um but yeah, as I say, very good storytelling. Uh Rollins' whole thing was trying to target the neck, and it seemed that Edge had managed to scout his every attempt and knew that that was his kind of weak spot and, and never allowed him to to hit him there because he knew that'd be the end of it. So yeah, pretty cool. Um as you say, Rollins does fall further down and out of the kind of title picture, but I imagine like Rollins is someone you can just bring back in and could go straight in there. With very little but, build. I suppose Big Dick Fergal's next in line, isn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big then, Dick Fergal. Then Ed's the other fella who come back. Who? The taker of eyebrows. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then get Woods, Morrison and Miz doing a segment about the Dripstick 2000. Uh, this was shite apart from Woods dressed as Razor Ramon, which looked brilliant. Yeah, that was the only good thing. Yeah. Um, there was a bit earlier, I think, actually. I can't remember where it was, but uh, Nakamura came out with Boogs for no it reason. Bit, it was before um, Bianca and Becky. Ah. 
Because I like the whole time I was saying they're fucking buying time here. So what the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> that was cool though. Nakamura and Boogs, because obviously we got Pat and Boogs and Nak all dance together. Yeah, well, you know what would have been cooler? Shinsuke Nakamura defend the Intercontinental Title against the, I don't know Finn Balor. That would have been nice. Yeah, Biggie, not Biggie. Big um, Woods. There's enough guys on that who aren't on that card hmm. that. It would be just nice to see Cesaro. He's, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure, as I say, I'm pretty sure he's injured. Hmm. But yeah. if he's not, what the fuck's going on? Sami yeah, Zayn, yeah. where the hell's Sami Zayn? Mm-hmm. He's traveling because I've, I've just literally just listened to him doing a podcast with Renee Young or Renee Paquette now. Um, and he said, I'm in Minnesota. So I was like, okay, well, he's actually traveling with them. Why the fuck isn't he on television? Why isn't he on TV? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up. The penultimate match uh, of the evening for the WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley <laughs> versus Goldberg. Um, in fairness, Goldberg looked all right from the off. Um, was fairly nimble on his feet, like attacking kind of fast and quickly, keeping Lashley grounded. Um, he hit a spear on him on the outside. He then hurled Lashley like halfway across the ring. I can't remember if he was like on the top rope or the middle rope or something, but it looked like he sort of bealed him across the ring. Um, he went for another spear, but Lashley hit him with the cane, albeit a massive delayed reaction, which was hilarious. Um, and then from that point, Lashley got himself kind of back into the match, hit a chop block and just began targeting the the knee and leg area of Goldberg. Um Lashley stayed on top for a little longer until eventually uh, the referee called the stoppage because Goldberg couldn't stand up anymore. And Fucking terrible finish. Yeah. Uh, Lashley wins by ref stoppage. T- TKO? I don't know. Um, yeah, a, a really bad finish. Um, Lashley then goes outside and grabs a chair, goes to attack him. And then Goldberg's son, Gage, comes in. Um, but for his troubles, he gets a hurt lock because fuck him. You come in doing that shit, you're going to get punished. Um, this this was a bit long for a Goldberg match, in my it opinion. It too long. Exposes like, his weaknesses a bit. The, well, it, not just that. Like it's The thing is with Goldberg is he's never he's never been a, a guy who's gone long. Like hmm. when, when he had that run in WWE in 2003, it exposed his weaknesses. Not, not just for a lack of like stamina, but also a lack of talent, in my opinion. Limited moveset. Yeah, he's really good at doing the whole four-minute hoss fight. Mm. You excited, going, fucking hell, that was awesome. Yeah. But as soon as he starts getting, like, longer periods of the match and he start, you can see he's, like, that's trying to figure out shit, it's like... like I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. reason why Goldberg still looked good for a lot of the parts that he's come back is because it has been him just coming out, spear, jackhammer, game over. Or, yeah. like... The Brock, the Brock match at Mania, where it was like this was that was actually fucking awesome. That was awesome. But, that was really fun. But they went four and a half minutes. Yeah, and it was like watching a video game because it was just them spamming finishes, spamming finishes, saved up all the finishes, spears through the fucking barricade. <laughs> yeah. Brock no selling it. F5 even, and stole out of Goldberg. <laughs> even his match against Drew at the Rumble this year was all right, actually. It was, but it was five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's the point I'm making. It's like. Mm. This this was like literally 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. And you could tell because it dragged. Mm-hmm. Gotta look at matches in Saudi Arabia against like the Fiend and um and Taker. Yeah. Where it went long again and then it starts getting like it Sloppy. starts getting worrying because he's gassed and it's getting dangerous because he can't do moves properly. Yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of Saudi, um, I mean, this is literally set up for just a big money match in Saudi. They had an announcement for uh, Crown Jewel in, is it October? Yeah, uh, 21st of October. Yeah. So this is just there for the rematch, clearly. Um, What I found funny is the crowd were all over Lashley, despite him essentially being the heel going into it. Um, Everyone's sick of Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah. My my question is, at this point, and you, you might say it's already happened, is there any mystique left to Goldberg's character? No. 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 I the, agree. The the thing with Goldberg is, as I say, he's really good at like that four minute like hot fight where it's quick, it's to the point, and he either gets murdered with a finisher or he like just wipes someone off the fi- like the plane of existence like he did Dolph. <laughs> but yeah. when they're putting him in longer matches that are exposing the weaknesses and showing that he's still not he's not got it anymore mm-hmm. showing that he was always just a fucking body guy yeah it's it, that's where the problem lies mm. agreed agreed anyway moving on the final match of the evening the headline match of the evening the main event of the evening Roman Reigns against John Cena for the Universal Championship um the promo work going into this for the last few weeks has been superb, as we would expect and as we, we all thought Except as much. Except for the go-home. Apart from the go-home. That, that, go that was fucking hot garbage, the go-home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Clark, I'll be pushing the button right now. <laughs> hot garbage! <laughs> um, Reigns controlled uh, much of the early going of this, and Cena just kept trying stupid roll-up attempts, which... Yeah was just really daft I, I didn't quite get that well that was from the go home wasn't it where Cena like was like oh it only oh, takes no. one two three oh yeah and I saw that and he, he rolled him up for not basically Cena, Cena saying that it so it only takes three seconds to beat Roman which is why he kept going for uh, roll up attempts and definitely not because of insurance problems with uh, his movie that he's about to shoot absolutely nothing to do no. with the fact that no. if you get hurt then WWE are going to be in a lot of fucking trouble. Absolutely. The, the Hollywood execs clearly saw what happened to, to Big Dwayne last time when he got injured on his last WWE appearance. So, yeah. And delayed, delayed Hercules for eight months, which some people said it should have some just been cancelled at that been point. Canceled, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Can't have everything. Um, everything. Yeah, Reigns seemed to just have an answer for all of Cena's offence. Um in fact, speaking of the, the Hollywood execs, Hollywood press, uh, there was a moment where Roman like addressed the camera and spoke down to them and said something about, oh, this is this is your Hollywood guy or this is your leading man or something or other. I can't remember. It's quite amusing, though. Um, I always find it hilarious when Roman like talks down like towards the camera and sort of says something, like breaks the fourth wall, if you like. Yeah, it's um, it's something that Roman's kind of like, I feel like he picked it up. He's picked it up since the Kevin Owens feud. Yeah. Because Kevin Owens obviously is really good at shit talking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Roman's kind of gone, oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense that I'm doing that. Yeah, you just got to listen to a Kevin Owens match and just like, you can Trash hear him. Trash talk. Yeah. So which good. Is, which, funnily enough, was advice that Stone Cold gave him. Oh, really? Yeah. He, tell, he tells a story about him and Sami Zayn meeting Stone Cold in an airport when they were like 21. <laughs> And they were they were going to like an indie show or so, to work an indie show, and yeah, uh, 
says what what's some advice and Stone Cold's like never stop talking. Brilliant. Always always talk always like give your opponent shit. <laughs> Amazing. Kevin Owens is one of the very, very best at that. Again, not on the card. Yeah. I know. Disappointment. Um, Cena starts to claw his way back into the match, however, hits some of his trademark offense like the AA and eventually locks in an STF, uh, but Roman manages to reach the ropes. Cena puts Reigns through the announce table of another AA and then immediately rolls him in for the pin, gets a two off that. Um, and then there's the last kind of like act of the match played out. Uh, lots of really, really close near falls and lots of trading of pins. Uh, both men clearly getting more and more frustrated that they can't put each other away. Uh, Cena dodges a spear in the corner, gets Roman up on the second rope for a big avalanche AA uh, and gets a two off that. I thought that was the finish, to be fair. I, I, I was very close to celebrating. Um, he, didn't, he didn't do the roll through and then hit it again. Yeah, so he should have done. He, should have. he, he knows better. Yeah. Um, then he should have put, put a lad around his neck, curb stump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, package pile driver on the steps. <laughs> all, all that good stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff that we like. Uh, Roman eventually knocks him down with several Superman punches and hits the spear for the win. Um, and then. After the match, as Roman's celebrating, as Roman's getting the uh, the lay put over his neck by Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar's music hits. Boom! And Ryan's eyebrows ran the fuck off. Brock Lesnar coming out looking like the techno Viking himself. The techno Viking. <laughs> I was only watching that clip the other day for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, big Brock comes out. Um, much to Ryan's surprise, if anyone was watching along with us uh or if you haven't seen it, it's on our YouTube channel, Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Ryan put a silly bet on that if, if Brock did turn up, he'd shave his eyebrows off. And Jay was teasing him throughout the match, playing Brock's music on his phone down the microphone, and he fell for it every time. But hilariously, after you did it for the third time, you're like, well, if it does happen, he's not going to react to it now. And then within seconds, Brock's music <laughs> hits. <laughs> Oh my oh, god. Oh boy, did he react. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else reacted? Aaron. Yeah, my god. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron can't be part of the podcast today because he's currently trying to get rid of all the tropical birds he attracted from his home. <laughs> Some of the noises that came out of his mouth. Um, oh, fuck me. But yeah, Brock Lesnar's back. Um, Brock Lesnar came out looking like he runs a coffee shop in Austin, Texas. <laughs> the beard, top knot. Beard and top knot. I think he looks awesome like that. I think that's a he, really he cool look. Looks awesome. Yeah. Um, looks like a certifiable badass. Looks like Goro. He looks like his <laughs> Alexander Hammerstone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What's Alexander Hammerstone doing at SummerSlam? <laughs> oh, yeah, this, rock. <laughs> this is a cool match, though. Uh, really, really good storytelling. Lots of good near falls. Um, it did at times feel like it could have gone either way. Like when Cena managed to get his way back into the match and you thought, oh, is there a, a glimpse of, of hope there? Um, Lesnar coming back also really, really fun. Uh, there's plenty of story there with the whole di dynamic of Heyman stuck in the middle it's, of them. It's weird that it's baby face Brock though. I know. Like, he was high-fiving fans on the way out, wasn't he? Mad. He, he, he stuck, sacrificed John Cena to the gods after the bell and then he... Uh, <laughs> and he starts high-fiving fans. <laughs> After a little yeah. bit of Super City with the boys. That's it. 
it's pretty cool though. Um, and obviously, this is cool from a perspective for Roman in that that's his next challenger. Like, yes, you know, obviously we want Balor, we want Rollins, um, whoever I don't think else. It's next challenger, I think it's still going to be Balor. Do you think this is building to Mania? Nah, Saudi. Oh, okay. Huh. Brock, Brock versus Roman and blood money in the bank. Absolutely myth. <laughs> I'd not even thought of that. Not even thought that makes perfect sense now. Um, the cool thing is, like, Lesnar's the guy that Roman struggles to beat. And I think this solidifies him even more as the top Either that the or they might do Brock versus Roman at Survivor Series. Yeah. And then have The Rock come out afterwards because obviously there's the rumours that The Rock's going to be at Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. So have the rock basically come out after this and then Roman can just be all the sort of like the people in between to mm. kind of just be like, Oh yeah, well it's just me like warming up for the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. whoever Roman wrestles between now and when he does face rock uh, Brock, sorry, is obviously oh yeah, this is me warming up. Mm-hmm. Like Finn Ballard, you've got the whole thing that Finn like took Brock to the limit. So yeah. you get oh yeah, well, Brock beat you, I'm gonna beat you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good oh. shout. So yeah, that was SummerSlam. Um, what were your highs and lows, and what was your your score out of ten? Um, my high was Ed Rollins. I thought it was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, my low is the obvious one of um, Becky and Bianca. Because what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Uh, my score out of 10 is five. I thought when it was good, it was good. But when it was bad, it was fucking garbage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I pretty much entirely agree with you. Um, Seth and Edge was awesome. Uh, the ring gear was cool. The entrance for, for Edge was cool. The match itself was really, really good. At risk of choosing the same... Th- well instead of choosing the same thing, which I agree is is a high point. Um, I'm going to go Seamus and Priest. It was nice to see Priest finally uh, be given a title. Um, it's always a really, really fun, stiff match. Whoever faces Seamus. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with the low. Um, everything to do with um, dethroning of Bianca. Uh, Becky's coming back. Uh, yeah. Nonsense. Not good. Not happy. Um, and my mark out of 10, uh, 6. I'm going to give it pretty much the same reason as you. When it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was bad. Unfortunately, the bad outweighed the good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, 6 for me. Um, we've got one question from Tasty um, in the mailbag uh, for SummerSlam. Uh, he says, for SummerSlam, will the circumstances of Becky's return... Um, tarnish her current uh oh sorry will the circumstance of her return tarnish becky's current heel run um that's a good question and i'm not that sure i think we'll have to just see how it plays out in smackdown because i think it's definitely the wrong kind of heat mm. like for normally i'd say our heat heat but this is like this is the wrong kind of heat in the sense that they've literally just done everything they've been accused of doing for years and years and years of having that hot young star and then have someone come back and just make them look fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, If this is all leading to Bianca basically reclaiming the title off Becky, 
and it just showing oh yeah Becky caught her off guard I think that's the only kind of way they can save it but even then it's like well what we can drop in the title offer in the first place yeah yeah I agree alright well that was SummerSlam should we talk about TakeOver let's let's so uh we got a we got a pre-show match. It wasn't there wasn't really much to write home about it. Uh, Rich Holland versus Trey Baxter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Holland beat him in like literally two minutes uh, with his spin out spin out fireman carry side. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much just Rich Holland, Holland dominating. Yeah. Uh, Trey Baxter obviously got some very very cool speedy offense, but was no match for Holland. Yeah. He called out Timothy uh, Thatcher just a way to literally get the crowd warmed up. Um, but it could have just been a dark match. This really didn't need to be on three show. In my opinion. No, no. It was I mean, being there. Exactly. It, it it gets Trey Baxter on on a takeover, which I suppose is nice for him. Um, yeah, he's yeah. very good. Yeah, but yeah, it did, didn't really need to be on here. Um, but I am excited for Holland and Thatcher. That's going to be pretty stiff. They're going to knock fucking lumps out of each other, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, Yorkshire's yeah. finest, Ridge Holland. <laughs> against uh, not Yorkshire's finest Timothy Thatcher <laughs> though people, Americans do think he's English before he speaks what Thatcher yeah oh really yeah because he's got dodgy teeth but <laughs> where's he from is it Pittsburgh he's, he's from California oh is he uh, he's from like Northern California oh right, then. Thatcher love Thatcher uh, and then we get the opening match which is the million dollar championship LA Knight defending against Cameron Grimes this um, boy. This entrance was great. Yeah, man. Ted DiBiase comes out. He gets a butler to bring him um, a golden trash can with a million dollar sign on it. Cameron <laughs> Grimes comes out dressed as the butler, takes off his uh, his butler attire to reveal a base, basically Ted DiBiase's gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, he puts he puts it in the uh, puts it in the uh, trash can, and then as Ellie Knight comes out, he kicks it over, <laughs> <laughs> and. Oh boy, this match was fun. Um, yeah. So a lot of it was just kind of rhymes, just dominating the match, mm-hmm. which did surprise me quite a lot at first. Like early on, how yeah. big control Grimes was. Uh, it was a really cool spot where Ted DiBiase kind of like picked Grimes up and charged with him. Oh yeah, and yeah. I like, remember saying like, "Fucking hell, DiBiase's still got an Irish whip in him, hasn't he?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, sort of. Um, threw him into the steps and Grimes like hit a drop kick from it. Yeah. Uh, but also grazed his back really nicely on the step. Yeah. On the step. Just landed back first on the edge of it. Ooh. Yeah. Um but it it looked very cool. Um night after a while he keeps using his athleticism to which I, you forget how athletic he is till he like It's mad. Like he did like a fucking springboard moonsault. Yeah. And you I was just like he just like whoa you bust that out from your mad man. <laughs> get get him on main roster just we said this when we were watching it didn't we like he's he feels ready made big, for main roster feels too big for NXT mm. especially given the fact that Nick Khan's like been saying oh yeah NXT's getting a revamp yeah. like you've got LA Knight there who's like literally a fucking top guy yeah wait just just do it mm. um, yeah he kept every time Knight uh, tried to cheat DiBiase had sort of catch him out and mm-hmm. uh, it was a bit where really nice bit where uh, Knight took the belt and the referee took it off him oh um, yeah DBRC got it as the ref like turned 
turned her back, DiBiase punched her, LA Knight, <laughs> and then he applied the million dollar dream. Yes, um, boy. Oh, I'm well happy with that. Got a big old pop for me. Um, <laughs> also, uh, throughout the match, uh, Grimes got a million dollar dream himself. We thought it was going to be over there. I th- I he- put in our predictions in the, the like the podcast kind of prediction league thing that he was going to win it with the million dollar dream, and he tried it a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah. Um, did try it a couple of times. Obviously, uh, didn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was nice to see uh, Ellie Knight in a uh, gravy train for the boys as well. Not Love that. Love all that. Um, and Cameron Grimes nearly killed himself with the fucking splash. Fuck so, me, like, that was horrible. Lands on top of his head. He didn't uh, get anywhere near enough rotation on it, did he? Yeah. Because it, it was almost cool. delayed. Like he came off the ropes and like it almost looked like Knight wasn't quite ready. So then rather than coming off the ropes and getting the momentum, he just did it from a standing start. And yeah, yeah. he didn't get the full rotation. It looked horrible. Like off the back of that, is that where he gashed his eye or something? And no, he cut where, himself? Was that later? Where he gashed his eye. So uh, from the million dollar dream attempt, uh, LA Knight kind of like sent him straight into the ring post. Oh, okay. And Grimes just didn't protect his face at all. <laughs> <laughs> he just went. He just face planted into the uh, into the ring pro- post, um, mm. and yeah. Then after um, after we got the, as I said before, DBRC hitting the million dollar dream on LA Knight. Yeah, um, he rolls Knight uh, into the ring. Grimes hits a cave in and picks up the win. Fuck yeah! To become the new million dollar champion. This was just a really nice feel good moment to open the show. Yeah, um, these two have. I don't want to say better chemistry than they have any right to have, but I I wasn't entirely sure what the chemistry was going to be like going into it because it was it was too like polar opposites. But mm. these two are always entertaining when they wrestle, um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought did. I thought the feud could have gone a little bit longer with the whole Butler thing. I agree. It felt like it was just picking up a bit of traction. Like if they did, maybe they could have carried this out for. Not necessarily to the next takeover, but maybe to whatever they're like, you know, they do like the, the TV specials, Halloween Havoc, Great American Bash, like maybe until one of those. Um, but it was still cool. Um, the right person won, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where Grimes goes with the, the million dollar championship now and, and how that factors in. Like, is that their equivalent of like the kind of the lower, lower card belt? You've got that. The North American Championship and the NXT Championship, or or what? Like, how does th- that work? Do you think? I think it's like the equivalent of like the FTW title and AEW in the sense that it's not recognised. <laughs> it's a it's a title that's sporadically defended, mm. but it's more like just something to kind of like give someone a bit of a rub as yeah. opposed to be recognised as a proper belt. Do you think? Do you- <laughs> <laughs> thrown it out there because you know both of them are making money at the moment Baron Corbin comes to challenge Grimes for the million dollar championship I, <laughs> I saw I saw a, um, a thing where someone said how good would it have been if like Cameron Grimes had have like basically shown up and got uh, got Baron Corbin to like take out LA Knight for him <laughs> paid like, him paid, off <laughs> paid him to hit an end of days on LA Knight oh that's a good shout can't just have Grimes paying him to be his like henchman. Like I wouldn't yeah. be against seeing Corbin in NXT again. I wouldn't. 
I, I just, whatever Corbyn's doing at the moment is fucking gold for me stuff. <laughs> a year ago, would you have said that? A year ago, no. would you have said, I'm really enjoying watching Baron last, Corbyn on my the TV? The last three years, I've absolutely despised Baron Corbyn because it's just like... It's that nonsense king gimmick. He's like the fucking poster boy for shitty booking. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was making him king of the ring or whether it was having him covered Roman in dog food. Mm. Oh, God. Um, oh, I'd almost erase that from my memory. <laughs> yeah. But now he's just like... he's. <laughs> This this whole fucking like down on his luck, Baron Corbin's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, Give me Corbin against Grimes in a million dollar championship, please. That'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be so good. Um but or just just have just have Grimes and DBRC getting Corbin to do like stupid shit for money. <laughs> um so yeah, then we got uh the women's title match, uh Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai started this match off fucking hot. Yeah, man. She absolutely dominated. Like, I was really, really surprised how much, like, Kai was dominating the match yeah. early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she literally, as I say, takes control. Um, there was a bit very, very close near the end where uh, Kai goes for the chiropractor and hit it. And I thought, okay, this is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she hit like a really cool like code breaker as well on the rope, like from the ropes onto uh, Dakota, onto sorry, onto Raquel. Yeah. yeah. Um, it as I say, like this match, it definitely Dakota definitely came out with this looking ten oh, times yeah. she had coming in. Yeah, um, which is good considering she had was it a dark match or was she on main event or something? On main she event, lost to Aaliyah. It will be to Aaliyah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, after. Um, Basically, every time Raquel got some offense off, it wasn't like Raquel controlling at all. It was Raquel like hitting it out of kind of almost desperation. Um, yeah, she eventually hits the one uh, one arm power bomb um, off the top rope to pick up the win. Um, and yeah, because Dakota, uh, I think, did she roll out of the um, the one arm power bomb in the first? Yeah. Like, the, the Chingona bomb or something it's called I always forget what yeah. it's called yeah um, and yeah Dakota as I say Dakota came out of this for me looking strongest like, yeah she did I, I still think if she does stay in NXT somewhere down the line she's going to be taking that belt off Raquel oh she's got to she's got to absolutely she that. is absolutely deserving of it as well mm. she's, yeah, she's she so good She's like the neon sung hero of NXT's women's division for me for like the last yeah, year. 100%. She always has good matches. She's great at a character work, whether that's as like an intimidating baby face or like a piece of shit heel. Yeah. And she's just awesome. Yeah. Um, after the match, friend Woo-hoo! of the podcast, the forever champion Kaylee Ray comes out. Fuck yes. Um, and basically has a stare down with Raquel. If it's not Dakota that takes the belt off Raquel, it's absolutely it right. Has, it has to be Kaylee. Yeah, um, and she's going to hold that for forever. <laughs> yeah, she's going to fucking squash Raquel Gonzalez with just one rainmaker, just the one, um, just one. one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think, um, I think that this this match was probably Raquel's best that she's had since winning the belt. Yeah, I do. And not not to kind of like be a knock on Raquel, but I think she's very not limited, but she is she's very sort of typecast being like large yeah. and everyone else. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. In in that sort of like 
traditional WWE powerhouse role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very good match. Yeah, um, I'm intrigued where they're going with this. Uh, and then after this, we get the one place on the card where you were worried about it, but I think it actually did it well being there. Did? Was Walter versus Ilya 2 for the uh, NXT UK Championship. And obviously, this match had massive shoots to film. Mm-hmm. And it did not disappoint. No. I'd did say not. <laughs> just as good as the first. Yeah. When either match was better, I'd say, it was, I'd say they were on a par with one another, but for different reasons. Um, the, a lot of the story of this match was just Ilya basically having answers for Walter going for the chops. Mm-hmm. Um, so like every time Walter went for one, he'd like reverse it into like an arm bar or he'd dodge it um, or block it. Yeah. Uh, and he literally just went to work on Walter's arm and his and his leg as well. Uh, by far the more aggressive of the two. After a while, Walter does end up getting some murder chops and some just nasty looking kick Fucking to the back. Hell. There was one that he, there was one that he did like across Ilya's like throat, and like it, it was that cold. where he was draped over the yeah. the turnbuckle and he just slapped his neck so he fell out the ring. Yeah, um, by the end of the match, Ilya's collarbone area was like black. Yeah, like, it he'd been hit that hard, like the bruise, and had just gone completely black. It was like so it looked like he'd been attacked by the hamburger. <laughs> Well, like he'd been shot by the hamburger. <laughs> His chest was fucking purple. Um, <laughs> not the hamburger, fucking Grimace. That's who I meant. Grimace. <laughs> Thanos. Yeah. His chest was just hamburger meat by the yeah. end of this. Um, and what Ilya also uh, gave just as good as he got this time. Mm. The lovely callback to obviously uh, Walter chopping Ilya over the back of his neck. Yeah. And this time, Ilya snapped, went full MK Ultra, starts elbowing the shit out of Walter, and um, Walter like start looks genuinely rattled. Ilya hits a um, an awesome looking dra- dragon suplex as well as like a delayed teardrop suplex, and um, then he, he hits Walter with torpedo Moscow, which Walter becomes the first person to ever kick out of. Mad, I forgot how protected that is. Yeah. Um, Ilya looks genuinely freaked out. Like he's starting, he's, like, he's crying and everything <laughs> yeah. um, in the middle of the ring. Um, just before he hit the torpedo Moscow, well, I forgot to say, Walter gets him in, like reverses a torpedo Moscow into a sleeper hold. Mm. And then as he's like, as he's about to bring Ilya down, Ilya like flips him over with like a judo throw. And then uh, he hits like top rope, uh, top rope diving sent on and then the torpedo Moscow, which Walter kicks out of. Yeah. Um, after a bit more time, Walter basically does the Walter finishing thing where he just murders Ilya with a powerbomb. Uh, hits a dive and splash off the top rope the way he won the belt. Mm. And he gets a, he gets a uh, two count. Um, Ilya then basically hits Walter with a dive and like, springboard uppercut, chops and elbows the shit out of the back of Walter's neck. Oh. Uh, locks Walter in like what looked like a shoot sleeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wal- Walter um, breaks out of it. Ilya locks it back in, drops some more elbows on Walter, locks it back in again, and then Walter eventually taps out. Jesus. And we get a new UK champion. Unreal. Uh, 
this was outstanding. It was so yeah. good. Um, I'm putting it out there. It's in my top five for match of the year. Oh, easy, easily in my top five for match of the year. Um, it's the best match of the weekend between SummerSlam oh, yeah. and NXT for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, unreal. Like I didn't expect it not to be either. Like it was never going to disappoint, but just I, oh yeah, I did. I didn't think it was going to disappoint, but I was thinking, how on earth are they going to make this just as good as the first one? Mm. Because the first one's like almost perfect. Yeah, yeah. So how are they going to do that? And it also it means we're getting Walter Elia three at some oh, point. We've got really? yeah, yeah. Walter's going to get his rematch. And then he Hopefully can go we'll get at the next takeover they do over here. And then he can go after Samoa Joe. Yes. Beating for that belt. Big Samoan um, Joseph. <laughs> spoilers incoming. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, these two have got like just the best um, chemistry as well. Oh, they uh, have. They really have. And I, I, I know that you were unhappy about the fact that it was taken off a UK takeover to be mm. put on, and even NXT UK to be put on an American takeover. Yeah. I think it was a really smart move because it's shown everyone what NXT UK has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's the perfect advertisement for that. So <laughs> now but, every match has to be as visceral as that for people to keep watching. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily, but hopefully people will go, fuck, that was really good. I'll watch NXT UK, see if like we get more stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Um, and then when they're seeing guys like A Kid and Pretty Deadly and Sexy Trent Seven, Trent Seven doing some awesome work. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, this is what NXT used to be like. I remember that. <laughs> the good old um, days. <laughs> yeah, back when it was just an hour and it wasn't trying to fucking compete in an imaginary war. Um, <laughs> and speaking of imaginary wars, we then go to um, the final of the, undis- the undisputed finale, even. That's it. Um, I couldn't remember what it's called for a second. <laughs> Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly in a three stages of hell match. First fall is a, a regular match. Mm-hmm. Second fall, street fight. Third fall, a, a cage match. So, um, yeah, pretty much from the get-go, um, just Cole in control, isn't he? He's mm-hmm. literally just, he tries to uh, break... Um, Kyle O'Reilly's neck with a pile driver attempt on the uh, steel steps. Kyle O'Reilly manages to get out, get out of it. Um, after a little bit more like beat down from Cole, he hits a super kick, goes for a Panama Sunrise. Kyle O'Reilly blocks it into a roll up and gets the first full. It was a surprise three. This okay. was literally like uh, nowhere that it was. Yeah, it was about four or five minutes into the match. It was yeah, wasn't really anything. Um, and then with the street fights, uh, obviously Adam Cole then starts like becoming desperate. He gets um, kendo sticks, steel chairs, trash cans in the ring. Yeah. Um, Grabs like a chain, doesn't he? Like, yeah, there was like a callback to the first match where they both came up with like the chains. Yeah, uh, and they start punching each other and no selling uh, fists wrapped in chains to the face, which I wasn't really a fan of. Yeah, not a fan of that. Uh, it's a little bit silly. Uh, a little bit too cartoony for me, some of this bumps. It was a really cool uh, callback to the match at Ring of Honor Final Battle where Kyle O'Reilly put Cole on a chair with a trash can over his head and hit like a diving knee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To the outside. Um, and then 
there was another little callback to their unsanctioned match where it looked like uh, Kyle O'Reilly was going to go for the guillotine on stage and Cole was going to throw him through it. Oh, yeah. uh, Kyle blocks it and then just throws Cole off the stage into like the barricade. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, pretty, pretty much out of nowhere, Cole hits a last shot just to get up the second fall. Mm. Like it, like it, it, it didn't feel like there was much build to the finishes in these first two falls. Like they were just kind of out of nowhere. Well, it didn't it didn't in any of them? No. Well, it, certainly not the last one. Fucking hell! All of them were just kind of like abrupt and out of nowhere. It was almost as if the match was getting cut for time. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, then uh, as the cage is coming down, medics checking on Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, Cole's been working over his ribs throughout the um, street fight portion of the match. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're checking on him for that. Um, uh, before the cage is fully down, Cole rolls O'Reilly out the ring and hits a powerbomb onto the edge of the announce table. And then he's just like sat like laughing at him as the cage goes down. Um, uh, yeah, O'Reilly basically won't quit. Cole just goes for, basically goes for broke, uh, misses a last shot. Kyle O'Reilly hits a last shot for a two. Uh, Cole hits a low blow and a Panama sunrise off like the it was on it was it off the top of the cage to the rope to the floor that he did it or was it just did he like kind of jump off um, the top rope it, yeah it was off the top rope I think because it looked like he bounced off the top rope to the yeah. floor and he did yeah, it. yeah 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 um, I couldn't remember if he'd like climbed up a bit and then done it mm. um, yeah gets a near fall off that uh, it was Oh, also forgot to mention during the street fight, uh, Adam Cole did a bit of lockjaw for the boys. He yes, up. he did. D M D um, <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. No reason. Uh, it, it was weird as well. After the Panama Sunrise, Wade Barrett all of a sudden on commentary starts going, "Oh, Cole's an idiot. He's made such a stupid mistake there," which was like, mm, "Calm down, really? Wade. Calm down, mate." <laughs> uh, Cole then handcuffs Kyle O'Reilly to the top rope and as he's like moving away he, he repeatedly super kicks Kyle O'Reilly mm. and nowhere Kyle O'Reilly just like locks in a fucking heel hook yeah. while he's with one arm while he's still handcuffed to the rope and, and that was taps it out immediately even though there's a kendo stick right in front of him and he could like literally within inches like next to his hand as he's tapping it was yeah. there um and that was it. The crowd champ bullshit at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle O'Reilly looked look fucked up, like legitimately fucked off with it. They both did. Yeah. Um, I think it was cut for time. It feels like Obviously, it. let's address the elephant in the room. Um, being that Adam Cole, as far as we're aware, his WWE contract has expired. It expired he, that day, didn't it? It, it expired um, at midnight of that night. And obviously, um, obviously, he turned down like the big fucking WWE deal that Vince had offered him. Mm. Uh, yes, it's a bit of a. It was anticlimactic. It it was very anticlimactic, and it was also um, again, it was a, it was a match that was built up as being like being um and an hour affair. Aaron was so stressed out that it was going to be an hour and obviously yeah. it wasn't. It was like <laughs> um, 20 minutes? 
It, I'm, I'm just trying to find it now. That's what I'm like it, trying, it really wasn't I'm trying long. to buy time. I wasn't looking for it. Um, <laughs> it was 25 minutes. I mean, a match that's... like that, you're expecting it to have time to breathe yeah. and go about an hour. And also, at the time that the match started, it was literally, there was like an hour and a half left of the event. Yeah. So there was plenty so, of time for it. Yeah. It was just weird um, that they did that. Uh, yeah. As I say, fans weren't happy. Kyle O'Reilly didn't look happy. Adam Cole didn't look happy. Mm. Um, it would appear that Adam Cole is going to AEW based on a few little cheeky tears from, from a couple of young bucks. Um, <laughs> obviously, they're looking into uh, seances because they killed Adam Cole in their um, in their mythos, which is just great that they fucking keep, keep them with that. In um, the, the elite verse. <laughs> in, in the being the elite verse, uh, Adam Cole got drank a poison kind of monster and died <laughs> which Matt, Matt Jackson said was a harmless rib and um, <laughs> name redacted said was a harmful rib um, <laughs> and yeah Kenny Omega's been teasing it by posting the picture of Adam Cole being dead on his Instagram yeah, the um, picture of him with like the, the Nike high tops in like the Undisputed Era colours as well yeah, on being the elite, they, were, they bought new shoes and Kenny made a big point of going, wait, wait till you see my shoes, guys. <laughs> and then it was in the yellow and black and it was like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, mate. Um, I mean, yeah, e- either way. And Adam Cole also changed his bio, didn't he, to say, yeah. I've been the top of every company I've ever been in mm-hmm. or brand I've ever been in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... It's if a shame. Is, it's a shame to a degree, but at the same time, I feel like he achieved everything he could. There wasn't if, anything more he could do there, really. And <clears throat> let's be honest, if he had gone to Maine, he would have been fucking wasted. Yeah. yeah. If this means we're getting Adam Cole, I mean, obviously everyone's saying AEW, even if it means he shows back up in New Japan or PWG or Ring of Honor or mm. Impact. Fucking hell, yeah. It's exciting whatever happens with him. Mm-hmm. and it's just like when he was leaving Ring of Honor and there was all the buzz about oh is he going to go is he going to go to WWE or is he going to just stay in New Japan yeah, yeah. maybe him and the Bucks are going to make their own promotion and obviously he went to WWE and everyone was fucking hype about that mm-hmm. and he's he has literally conquered that he's, he's done everything that there was yeah. for him to do there yeah um, and yeah I, I, I'm excited for whatever the future holes for Adam Cole. Yeah. Regardless of where it is, obviously there's a lot of dream matches in AEW. Oh, how are you? But there's just as many dream matches wherever he goes that he can have. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Uh, And that leads us to uh, the main event, which is certainly a match that should have been a dream match, but didn't quite reach that. um, For a multitude of reasons, I think, um, First of all, very cool to see Joe enter. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. Just, just to see Joe wrestle again was awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, he did look like he wasn't... Obviously, it's his first match in, like, what, 18 months? Yeah, a good and while. You, you could tell, like, he wasn't quite ring ready. Yeah, yeah. Still did all right. Um, of course, yeah. 
there was a lot of like trading of submission holds of this in this match. Uh, obviously, both men's finishes at the um, kicking clutch in the cross jacket. So there was a lot mm-hmm. of teeth. Yeah. Um, Joe pretty much no sold crosses like four on the back of the head. Finish, yeah, didn't he? he was well, having none of it. Just rolled that. out the ring and was like, "Fuck you." Um, <laughs> and it was very much like Joe was just in control. Like it never. The it's result like it scouted never, him. Like it's like he knew everything. And it was just like, nah. The re- well, I mean, we, Air Rose took all the fucking magic away from Cross, haven't he? So Zardos. <laughs> Who knew? Twenty four hours later, that Jesus. was what Cross. Jesus. Um, imagine that. Him leave. Him leaving fucking NXT takeover with no belts. Going. Getting on his plane to Raw, gets to Raw. He's like, "What have you got for me tonight? Wear this helmet. Wear this helmet. Put this red oh. bondage on." <laughs> oh no! What have I done? Jesus. Um. So yeah, uh, Joe. Jo, as as I say, he just basically has an answer for everything. Uh, lots of stiff strikes in this match from both men. Um. Joe locks in a Kikina clutch late on near the match. The champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, cross rolls through into a cross jacket. Joe almost um, almost passes out. Eats another elbow smash to the back of the head. Um, and then as as Cross goes for like another one, yeah. Joe just turns around again. No selling. Uranagi, bang! Uh, it's a Uranagi for the boys, and uh, then brings back the muscle buster, which I thought would have been like Fuck fucking yeah. Pie. I thought it would have been pile driver territory after Tyson Kidd. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Joe is the new, the first ever three-time NXT champion. Awesome. Um, yeah, th- this this should have been Cross's first ever pinfall loss in WWE, in my opinion. Yeah. I think they really, really defanged the monster by having Jeff Hardy beat him the way he did. It's su- it went- such a weird fucking decision to have him on both and have him losing on one brand and being dominant on another like where's the yeah. sense no obviously sense. obviously as well when we were like watching the um when we were watching the show live we were joking around saying oh he just needs to powerbomb him and put his feet on the ropes and he's won the match <laughs> um, and <laughs> saying that joe's beat jeff hardy so he, he can easily be carrying cross uh there was also the video going around the cross after the match, looking around the CWC and the fans chatting Jeff Hardy at him. Yeah, that's disappointing. Um, that's not and, nice. I don't like that. Yeah. It's not. At the same time, I feel like it's kind of, he's like a victim of circumstance in that match. In mm. that, that WWE basically put him in the unenviable position of going, they're going to make you look really fucking stupid. And, mm-hmm. oh boy, they even continued that trend on uh, Raw this week by giving him a fucking helmet and braces. Jesus Christ. <laughs> looking uh, looking like the bastard son of Demolition and Farouk Asad. Um, <laughs> but this yeah, match was alright though. Um, yeah, it was, it was fine as I say. Um, I think it was it was quite obvious that Joe wasn't quite, mm. had a bit, little bit of ring rust and he was struggling for a bit of stamina. The build um, was better than the actual match for me. That's like all of Cross's matches, though, aren't? Mm. Isn't it really? In mm. NXT, like the other, other than the five man, 
yeah the build's always better than yeah yeah but it's awesome to see Joe as champion and this opens up a whole host of of dream matches which we've gotten the tease for for the weeks and weeks um well after he re-debuted he taped NXT last night and I won't say any spoilers because it's not aired uh, but based on who they've teased that Joe's going to be facing next I'm very excited oh okay uh, Nice, so, nice. That was NXT TakeOver 36. End of an era. Um, yeah. An undisputed era. What were your highs and lows, mate? Um, my low is going to be... Uh, Ryo Riley and Cole. I couldn't remember their names. Um yeah, it felt very hurried, very rushed, anticlimactic. And for two guys who we know as good as they are, this was very disappointing, unfortunately. And with that, that like that's Cole's last match in, in NXT. That's a disappointing one to go out on for me. Potentially his last match in WWE. Yeah. As well. Well, like yeah, that, yeah, as a whole, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It, it's a it's a flat send off. Yeah, it is. Um my high, of course, Walter Dragunov. I, I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> yeah. What were yours, mate? Um, in, I'm in a creep. Complete agreement. Uh, Walter Dragunov. There's no top of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Colin O'Reilly was just really disappointing. Uh, but the thing is, it's like we we were, we've said this a few times about the feud, where it feels like they were trying to capture the same lightning a bottle he got with Champer and Gargano. Mm. And it was almost like a carbon copy of that feud. Yeah. And obviously they changed the end where it was like, what a, oh, fuck, what was the match? Um, Cole Gargano was. Mm -hmm. But again, they've just kind of changed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just been a, a lackluster feud. They could have literally kept it as that one match. Or they could have kept them apart longer and then have them come back and then keep them apart and then mm -hmm. come back. Um, it just, it, it's just like, again, they're, they're trying to go back to the same formula and it doesn't always work because yeah. Chamber and Gargano had time to breathe, whereas this hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your grade out of 10? Um,. Oh, seven. Okay. Yeah, I think Walter and Dragunov was outstanding. Um, Kai and Gonzalez was really fun. I enjoyed that. Million Dollar Championship, also really fun. But the two, aside from, like, Dragunov and, and Walter should have been the headline for the main event for me. But the two, the two biggest matches... Aside from that, really, really didn't deliver for me. Yeah, um, I agree. Seven. Yeah. Um, the well, actually, no, I'd probably, I'd probably give it an eight based on the fact that the first three matches were all really fun. Mm. Joan Cross wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. Parts of Cole O'Reilly weren't terrible, but all the finishes and it's, mm. a, it's a, literally a match that revolves around finishes. Yeah. All the finishes of the two out three fours were just flat, yeah, and not really, not really good. 
No. Um, Got some questions in the mailbag. Should we go to the mailbag? Yes, mate. Uh, Tasty asks, uh, do you see Joe being a full-time NXT champion or more of a Walter-style special attraction? I like uh, that idea. I like the idea. I see him being more of a full-time attraction. I think they're going to kind of... I, when I say full-time attraction, the thing with NXT is they can get away with doing like... Have, having like people like wrestle like once every now and again. Mm. Like they, they don't have to have them wrestle every week. They could literally do it for like save that for the specials or takeovers. Yeah. But I do I do think he'll be there week in, week out. Mm-hmm. How long do you think he holds it for? That's a question from me. Um I'm trying to think. I, with I with NXT going the way it's it's going, yeah. how long does a guy like Joe hold that for? Well, the thing with that it, that is if it's going to the sort of like the older sort of model that it was where it was like they were they were building guys and then they'd go to main and they'd have they'd always have like that one sort of constant person they'd build as mm-hmm. the champion. So like it was obviously the era of Balor, the era of Owens, the era of Nakamura, mm-hmm. the era of Rude. And when that person's time was just like kind of done as the champion, then they'd go to main roster and someone else would have risen through the ascendancy. Yeah. It's different because obviously they released Joe from main roster mm. and it doesn't seem like there's any intention for Joe to go back to main roster. He seems like he's going to be a coach in NXT. I was going to so say, I, like he's doing a lot of the coaching and talent and stuff like that. Apparently I can see him holding it for a long time. But I can also see him like dropping it to someone like Walter immediately. Mm. Oh, get Walter and Joe. Oh, well, there's a, there's a couple, but the, the other thing of that, the other side of that is there's a lot of guys who like, there's a lot of dream matches for Samoa Joe, Adam Cole and Bronson Reed were two that I would have loved to have seen, but obviously they've seemingly left. Yeah. yeah. Um, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, Champa, mm-hmm. um, Timothy Thatcher, Walter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the list goes on. There's even guys like Swerve, Santos, Kashida. Mm-hmm. Roderick Strong. Oh, bloody hell. There's, yeah. there's like, there's almost like a, um, a like embarrassment of riches that they've got <laughs> there that you can like put against Joe. Yeah. But it, it, it all comes down to, well, it's a very uncertain time for NXT. So mm. how do we know that's going to happen? Yeah. Personally, if it was up to me, I'd say fucking put NXT back to one hour. Yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. want to do two-hour NXT, do an hour of NXT UK and an hour of NXT. Or if they're going or to do a two-hour hour of NXT. An hour of NXT. Yeah. We do, do an hour of NXT every week, and then when you do the specials, do two hours. Yeah. Or an hour and a half. But yeah. Uh, one more question in there. Uh, it comes in from Faye. Uh, she says, uh, do you feel like the last episode of NXT has a precedent or given a general feel for how it's going to be going forward. Uh, yeah, the last episode has set a precedent or given a general feel for how it's going to be going forward. Um, I think we're going to see more drastic changes. I do the too. They're recording three weeks worth, aren't they? Yesterday, yesterday, today and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, they're doing three weeks worth of recordings and then I think after that they're gonna, we're going to see like a real changing of look style feel aesthetic like everything yeah we are wild and young um (laughs) i think it's gonna be very bright in there Mm. 
teams like Vince and Nick Khan don't like the sort of like aesthetic of it, do they? Where they're like just trying to make it like an underground fight club, and they're just like we want it to all be bright and gentrified and clean, like everything else. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. I'm I'm still very very scared for what the future holds for NXT. Same. It's an uncertain time, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it felt uh, end of an era sort of thing. And just, I'm not, this time next year, whether it's going to be something we're even going to, I don't know, like just, oh, there's just so much uncertainty. And it's given how everything else has gone, certainly Mm. over this weekend, SummerSlam weekend, but generally like this whole, we'll try harder once fans come back on Raw and stuff like that. And it hasn't. And you're just like, well, okay, if the same people that are in charge of that are now going to be in charge of NXT, like it just, it really doesn't bode well. It's, it's something as well. We we kind of spoke about um, like a sort of shift in everything, haven't we? Mm. And this weekend does feel like a shift. Given that, obviously I was saying to you, like WWE, we're like, oh, we're going to try harder. SummerSlam is going to be our WrestleMania. Wait till we get to SummerSlam. And guys like Andrew Zarian have been like, if they, if they stick to those plans, SummerSlam's going to be incredible. Mm. And it, it, they clearly haven't because we got what we got with SummerSlam. Um, and obviously Bray was meant to come back, wasn't he? And he, he's been released. Uh, and there was a couple of other guys who were meant to come back who have been released and yada, yada, yada. Mm. Uh, on the, on the other side, obviously, the elephant in the room being AW said, wait till you see what we've got and brought out fucking the prodigal son of wrestling CM Punk. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that, it does feel like there's a shift going. I don't know what that means. I don't know how wrestling's going to change, but it's weird, isn't it? There's, yeah. there's, some, there's a weird feeling in the air around wrestling at the moment. It's very, like, very much so. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm both excited <clears throat> and nervous. I'm excited yeah. for I'm excited for everything that's not WWE. I'm nervous for everything that is WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from NXT UK, that's fine. Apart from NXT UK, especially if uh, them putting Ilya and Walter on the card was like Triple H's way of going, don't worry, if you want NXT, just keep watching NXT UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you want if you want old, old NXT, wait till you get to the game show portion of this week's NXT. <laughs> Samoa <laughs> um, Joe is going to race Timothy Thatcher in a keg race. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that was it. That wraps things up. That was our yeah, SummerSlam boy. and TakeOver 36 review. Thank you, as always, for joining us, taking the time out of your day or evening uh, to listen to us. We appreciate it, as always. Whatever streaming platform you listen to us on, please give us a thumbs up, uh, a rating, uh, a review. If you've got the time, we'd very much appreciate it. And keep following us, spreading the word, spreading the cheer on social media. We've been the entire Wrestling Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. I'm creating a WWE match between origami figures it's (laughs) pay-per-view you like that one boy (laughs) and now a word from our sponsors do you like beer of course you do do you like wrestling you wouldn't be here if you didn't check out toprobrewing.com our very own big tasties brewery 
They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out toprobrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. 